They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers at our new hour, 8 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. I want to remind you to stay tuned to Bishop Joseph Strickland's show. He took our hour on Tuesday right after the Terry and Jesse show. He's one of the great bishops of our church. Mary Danielle, it's great to have you back. Well, thank you, dear. It's great to be here. (laughs) We have a new hour, new time. And uh, what's the topic for today, Mary? And then we can do the gospel, but let's. What what are we going to do today? What are we going to uh, give people with the word of God? Well, we want we want to talk about Sunday's gospel mm-hmm. and the parable of the sower mm-hmm. and the seed mm-hmm. and the four types of soil that the seed fell on. And of course, there's Jesus' interpretation, but how do we take that deeper to apply it directly to our own lives? And right. and uh, I think that would be real important. It's very apropos. This is the gospel for the week that we should be meditating on all week to try and make it part of our life. Great, great. Well, but we like to do the Thursday gospel for the day of the mass. So could we do that for us? Could you do that? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. It's from Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My burden is light? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Like, Lord, uh, what are you talking about? Well, (laughs) First of all, he says, come to me, all you who are labor and burdened, and yeah. I will give you rest. Right. Do we come to the Lord in times of trouble or do we complain and whine and say, why are things this way or why are things that way? Or, why can't things be this way? or Why can't things be that way? Mm-hmm. We need to come to the Lord and rest in the Lord. That, by the way, the Lord gives us one day a week, Sunday. You can be dispensed from your obligation to go to Mass on Sunday, but you cannot be dispensed from your obligation to obey the commandment to keep holy the Sabbath day. On the Sabbath day, we are supposed to enter into the rest of the Lord. We are supposed to be spending time with him, getting to know him better. We're supposed to be doing that every day. But in particular, and this was one of the things at, at La Salette, when Our Lady came and appeared to the children at La Salette, the people had stopped because of the French, you know, you had the French Revolution and then you had the Napoleonic Wars and the church had been decimated and people weren't going to mass. They weren't praying their prayers. The, the little children that Our Lady appeared to didn't even know the basic prayers. They didn't know the Our Father or the Hail Mary. And Our Lady wept. She said, my son has given you six days on which to work and he has reserved the seventh for himself and you refuse to give it to him. We need this day of rest, this day to rejuvenate our souls in following Christ. So we need to take that day out, even if we can't get to Mass under the current circumstances. We need to make sure that we're spending that, t- that day getting to know the Lord better. Try to make a visit to the, the, your parish. Try, you know, at least pray at home. Watch a Mass online. Watch several Masses online. It's not going to hurt you. 
you know, study the scripture, right. pray the scripture. Don't just study it. It's not for the sake of head knowledge. It's for the sake of coming to know him whose word this is that we're reading in the scripture. It's God's word. Right. And we want to know him. Our relationship is about falling in love with someone, Amen. someone's the father, son, and Holy spirit, the most holy Trinity who loves us. It's about a love relationship. So we'll find rest in the Lord. And he says, take up my yoke and learn from me. Well, for an agrarian culture, that was a very evident reference. Take up my yoke, a yoke of oxen. And when you had a yoke on an oxen, if you had two oxen on it, it's not one oxen who's bearing the weight. It's, it's two oxen who, are, who bear the yoke. And so the oxen, if you have a team, the oxen works together as a team. And so Jesus tells us to take his yoke, not ours, his. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to take his. Well, we can't do that if we don't know him. And if we don't read the scriptures and pray every day, we aren't going to know him. So we're supposed to take his yoke upon us and learn from him. Right. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. So where are we going to find this rest that the Lord wants us to find? In fighting? In violence? In complaining? In, in being proud and arrogant? In insisting that everything has to be my way? In insisting like Adam and Eve that I'm going to know good and evil without God? No, Jesus says, I am meek and humble of heart. Jesus came, he said, I came to serve and not to be served and to give my life as a ransom for many. Are we serving? I remember growing up and it's interesting. My mother always would say to us, the mark of a Christian is, can I help? What can I do to help? How can I help you? And, and the first, the first line of help should be, we pray and sacrifice for people. And then we offer aid insofar as we are able according to the duties of our state in life. But we have to be meek and humble of heart. We need to ask Jesus to share with us his meekness, his humility, so that we can take his yoke. We have to bear the burden that Jesus bore. He bore the burden of our sins. So we don't need to whine and complain, oh, I'm such a sinner. God can't do anything with me. No, Lord, I'm a sinner. You came to save sinners. Oh, that puts me in a good place. You came to save sinners. You came to free us from sin. So if I follow you and do what you say, you are going to show me the way to overcome my sins. As God told Cain, when he was thinking about killing Abel, he said, Cain, sin is lurking at the door, but you can be its master. Mm. Now that's not on our own, but with Jesus help. And this is it. Take my yoke upon me for I am meek and humble of heart and you will find rest for yourselves. So we'll find rest if we let Jesus help us bear the burden. If we take up his yoke, if we learn from him, if we become meek and humble of heart, we'll find rest for ourselves because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus Christ, yes, he is truly man and he truly suffered in his humanity. And he really knows what it means to have a body, to go hungry, to be thirsty, to suffer from the heat, to suffer from the cold. He knows all of these things. He's like us in all things but sin. He never sinned. And he will give us the grace to be free of sin. And if we're not free of sin, he will give us the grace to repent if we ask him. And his yoke is easy and his burden is light because 
he bears it in obedience to his father and he bears it in union with his Godhead. Mm -hmm. The man, Jesus of Nazareth, his human nature didn't try and do anything on his own. He came to do the will of his father and his human will totally subjected itself to the will of the father. And that's where the hard part of the gospel comes, isn't it? Yep. Are we going to totally subject ourselves to the will of the father or are we going to insist on our will? Are we going to let God be God or are we going to insist that we're God? Are we going to do it God's way or are we going to do it our way? Well, Mary, can I, can I jump in? Because what you're yeah. saying is just exactly what our culture is dealing with right now. We have a culture that's very selfish. And I'll give you my first take. The most selfish culture kills its unborn because it says yes. children are a burden. And they're wrong. Right. And it just seems to me, Mary, and then you tell me if I'm on to something here. And that is once you can kill your unborn babies, you know, tearing down churches, lighting statues on fire, uh, looting, all that just follows because you've lost your moral compass and life becomes all about me, 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 and they've lost the meaning and purpose of life. And so what you just said about free will and about how giving your life to Christ, that's what we can offer the world that no one else can offer peace you're not going to find peace in success. You're not going to find peace in you know burning things down like churches. All of this is is an element of original sin. But the point of it is, people have forgotten about the meaning and purpose of life. So killing unborn babies is no big deal. Killing not killing people, knocking uh, churches down, doing all these evil things, just it, it, they have no conscience. That that's my take, and that's why I think what you're saying is so important because. They don't know it, but they're looking for happiness. Right. We're all looking for happiness. And in what does human happiness consist? Well, some people think it's money, mm -hmm. but we can't love money for its own sake. We know that that's a disorder. We, we know that misers have a disorder to love money for its own sake, to just store up money right. for money's sake. That's, that's a disorder. But we think we, well, we can love money for the things it buys, but the things it buys don't satisfy us. The more, we, the more we accumulate, the more we acquire, the less satisfied we are and the more we think we have to acquire. Mm -hmm. So it's not money. It's not in material things. It, can human relationships perfectly satisfy the human heart? Well, that's an interesting question because we find that no, actually, not even human relationships, not even loving relationships, right. perfectly satisfied. We still find a restlessness within us for more. Well, that's because we were made for God. Amen. And the only thing that can truly satisfy the hunger of the human heart is a relationship with God himself. Yep. And that, that should be lived out in our love for our neighbor and, you know, destroying property, um, tearing down statues, burning down buildings, running your car into buildings where people are, whatever those buildings are and trying to destroy them. That's not love. Nope. Love alone creates, and only in God will we find rest. Only in God, because God made us for himself. So when we want to do it our way, yeah, well, we've seen. Look at the world around you. This is a world that has rejected God and said, I want to do it my way. Amen. I hear the, I hear the music, what? Mary. And we'll be back with the Bible with the Barbers. I want to also recommend that you consider checking out all the radio shows that we have on our podcast. Just go to Virgin mostpowerfulradio.org and you can listen to all the different shows that we have especially with Bishop Joseph Strickland we'll be right back with much more The Bible with the Barber
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. In Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back. Bible with the Barbers is right. Mary Danielle, we were just talking about how important it is to know the meaning and purpose of life, and you can't do it without the Bible. And that's why we're talking to people about Sunday's reading today. And also, we're also making the comment about how crazy the world is when we live selfishly and not for God. This is a good example right now where there's so much chaos going on. It appears to me that many people have not been taught well to know the meaning and purpose of life. And I think you're correct. And it's interesting. Years ago, um, we had a priest here doing some uh, mission uh, work for the Opus Angelorum. And it was at the time of the Rodney King incident. Mm-hmm. And um, he asked me a question. He said, how safe are we? And at the time, my reflection was, Father, how can we be safe? For over how many years was that? That would have been back in the 1990s, I guess. Or um, was that St. Christopher's? Yeah, Paris? it was early 90s. Yeah. And, and I said, for over 30 years, these people have been told that the way to find happiness in the world is to kill their own children. If they're looking for happiness by killing their own children, who are we to them? If they have been trained to kill their own children, who are we? We mean nothing. And so this is the reality. When we don't recognize the image of God in one another, 
and recognize that we were made by God. We were made for God and we were made to build the kingdom of God here on earth. We weren't made for chaos. We weren't made for sin. We weren't made for degradation. We weren't made to attack one another or tear one another down. Right. But we can get duped and we begin to believe the lie. And the lie was that children are what causes all the burdens in the world. And that's not true. What causes the burdens in the world is our sinfulness. We're burdened by our sinfulness. And so Jesus, on Sunday's gospel, Jesus told the parable of the sower who goes out sowing seeds. And he sows the seed. And then, you know, and again, sometimes we don't understand because nowadays the way we farm, a farmer goes out, he applies, he, he prepares an entire field that might be acres and acres and acres and acres. And then he plants a seed, just one seed, and he does it with a, with, with tractors and with vehicles. Mm-hmm. No, in, in the, in back in Jesus's time, when, when, when the sower went out to sow, he would go out and you, he didn't necessarily have the time to take all the rocks out of the fields or all of the thorn bushes. And he would have a bag on his side and he would pick out a handful of seeds and he would throw them and he would try to throw them into good soil so that they would have a chance to germinate. But some of those seeds are going to fall on the footpath. Some of those seeds are going to fall on rocky soil. Some of those seeds are going to fall among the thorn. They're, They're going to fall in different places. And so Jesus uses this very clear example that would be very familiar to the people about how the word of God is, how the kingdom of God is. So the sower goes out to sow. And of course the sower is Christ and he's sowing the seed and he fall. Some of the seed falls on footpath. And Jesus says, well, that's, that's the seed that, you know, there it is. It's on the footpath and the devil's not even going to give it a chance to grow. He's going to take, he snatch away right away. They hear the gospel and boy, he comes and he snatches it away from them. And then you have the seed that falls on the rocky soil and it sprouts, but it only lasts a little while because it has no root. So it, it's, it's, the, the, the sun is going gonna, is gonna to wither it. So any tribulation or trial that comes up in regards to the word, well, you know, it's too hard. I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. What, about, what about the sword, the seed within the thorns? The thorns are the cares of this world and anxiety. And we allow that to choke the word of God out of our life. But then finally, there's the good soil. And the good soil bears fruit. A hundredfold, maybe 60-fold or 30-fold. And the reality is Jesus tells you this is four different types of soul, which, yeah, this is Jesus's interpretation of the parable. But on Sunday, Father pointed something out that, that also, and again, how does this apply to me in my life today? Mm-hmm. Am I really good soil or am I somewhat good soil? Am I sometimes cooperating with God and sometimes not? And Father pointed out that within my own soul, there may be four areas. There may be some hard path where this, the, the word of God can't even penetrate. You know what, God, this, is, this area of my life, no, you're not welcome in. And this is what happens in contraceptive within marriage. It's like, sure, Lord, um, you can be the Lord of my life, but not of my marriage. You can't be the Lord of my fertility. I'm not giving that to you. That's the hard, you know, you can't enter there. I make the decisions there. Or we have the, you know, the, the, the rocky soil. Well, where's the rocky soil in my soul? Lord, I trust you. I, you're so good. You're so holy. You would only do good. You only want good for me. But you know what? Um, I'm not willing to suffer persecution for you. Sure, you're good and you're holy and all that. But I'm afraid of persecution. And if anybody asks me about my Christianity, I'm going to hide it. 
Now, I am not putting down the Christians in areas where they're persecuted and they have to hide their Christianity. Read a beautiful article in Day 41, the 40 Days for Life magazine, about a young woman. She's from Canada. She's a Canadian citizen. But when she was a child, very little child, her parents went to Saudi Arabia for about 15 years. And she had to hide her Christianity because in Saudi Arabia, Christians aren't allowed to practice their Christianity. They can't even wear a symbol of Christ openly. You can't wear anything that indicates you're Christian. And how dangerous is it for them? Well, if you get caught, you'll be killed. You'll put in, be in prison, beaten, fined, but possibly killed. And when she was 13 years old, she was her parents put her into a new school. And there were some students at the school who um, pretended that they were befriending her. And they said, come with us, you know, we're going to go do something. And they were luring her away from the school and off of the school grounds. And as they were going, a voice said to her, stop, go no further. So she stopped and she began to pray. And all of a sudden she understood, these students were planning on killing me. And God actually showed her a vision of her dead body left off the school grounds after they had killed her. Now they didn't kill her because she listened to the voice of the Lord speak to her and say, stop, go no further, her guarding angel. But then she realized, you know, here I am living in this country where Christianity is persecuted. Is Christ worth giving my life for? Well, I'm not sure I even know him that well. So she made an effort to get to know Jesus Christ. She started studying her faith. She started studying scripture and she came to realize that, yes, he was really a real historical person who really lived, really died and rose from the dead. And that he must be who he claimed to be. His miracles, his teachings prove that he must have been God. And the resurrection from the dead especially proves it. So she said, this is it. I am Christian. And no matter what happens to me, I will be Christian. She came back to Canada at one point. Her parents moved back to Canada. And she was appalled and shocked and scandalized by the lukewarmness of the Christians who live in freedom. Here she had lived for 15 years under persecution where she couldn't talk about her faith. We have lived in freedom and we won't talk about our faith out of fear. That's the anxiety. That's, that's the, 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 you know, the, the thing that will, the rocky soil, excuse me, that's the rocky soil that out of fear, I'm not going to talk about my faith. You know, in, in Saudi Arabia, you can't talk about your faith and it's not fear. You realize that if you talk about your faith and then someone talks to you in public not only are you putting your, your, your whole family at jeopardy, anyone who talks to you is put at jeopardy. It's, yeah, there's a time when Christians have to hide. But in the United States of America, we've had freedom and we've hidden, not because we're going to be persecuted or lose our life, but because, oh, I might not fit in. Somebody might laugh at me. Oh, the media. Oh, the movies, the, the entertainments that I watch, they all say that it's not worth it. And so we're rocky soil. We're not willing to suffer any persecution. We're not willing to stand up for Jesus Christ. And that can be within our own souls. How many of us are willing to tell our friends that we're Christian? And even Christian friends who are together. How many of us, when we're talking about all the problems in the world today, actually stop and say, you know what, let's pray a rosary together. Or do we spend hours discussing the problems and we don't pray a rosary together? Oh, but I went to church this morning. I prayed, you know. We don't have to pray all the time. Oh, yes, we do. Jesus said, pray always. And then Jesus said, you have the soil that, that, that the, the soil where you have thorns. And these are the anxieties of life. You know, 
oh, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but um, going to work is more important than going to mass or, um, you know, the clothes that I wear or fitting in with society or the anxieties of life. And, and you know, that what do people think about me? What does the world think about? Me? What is the world saying about being Christian? Well, wait a minute. Who, who's determining how we're living as Christians? So Father pointed out to us that, you know, how many of us look at my own soul and see where is where is the footpath in my soul? Where's where's the rocky soil? Where where are the, the thorns and the thistles? Where's the anxiety choking out the word of God? And then there's the good soil. But the, the beauty is that all of this in our soul is not an obstacle to God's grace if we're willing to humble ourselves and come to him, like the, the reading for Thursday's gospel, come to me all you labor and are heavy burdened. And if we come to him, he can till the soil of our soul. He can break up the, the, the footpath. He can make it he can make it fertile. He can take out the rocks. He can take out the thorns. But are we willing to let him? We get so attached sometimes to our own way of seeing things that we really just want God to see things our way and do things our way. <laughs> we want to be our own tin, our own tin gods, as Bishop Sheen used to say, our yeah. tin gods sitting on our throne yeah. who dictate to God how things should be. You know, people, wait a minute. You didn't create yourself. None of us made ourselves. We didn't create, you don't, you don't think you're connected to the past? Look tonight and see if you have a belly button. We were made by God. And when God made us, he has a purpose for our life. And that the end game, as we say, the end game is to be in union with him in heaven for all eternity. That's right. But you know what? To get to that end, we have to begin that right here on earth right now. We have to begin to live in union with him right here on earth right now. We can't just hide away our Christianity. Remember what he said. If you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my father. Right. So are we ashamed of Jesus Christ? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Or are we willing to be good soil? And remember, you know, it's interesting. God won't do this without our cooperation. Yep. We need to cooperate and we need to humble ourselves before God. First of all, we need to acknowledge that, you know what? I didn't make myself. And by the way, it is not an article of faith that God exists. Right. You do not need faith to know that God exists, but you do need to be intellectually honest. Mary Danielle, can I jump in and say, when we come back from the break, I want you to answer this really interesting question you and I talked about the other day. And it was the problem of evil. And somebody came and talked to our good friend, Pat, um, uh, Patrick Madrid. And we think we have a little better uh, answer on that. But um, it's a, a question on the uh, problem of evil and free will. So I'd love to have that answered uh, because that's a question that's been answer, asked for thousands of years. You're listening to the Bible with the Barbers. I'm just sitting here listening, enjoying it. Multitasking, Mary. And uh, we'll come right back here on the uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Hope you're enjoying your Bible study. Don't forget Mary's here on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at the Sacred Heart Chapel.
Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we come to understand. According to St. Augustine, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. May God grant us a strong living faith in Him and His divine plan of salvation and help us to believe so that we may understand. Healthcare news today seems to be coming from everywhere and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. Dr. Asetta is a faithful Catholic in the Kern County community. He is trustworthy, well-researched, and will only give expert opinion on matters in his own specialty. Catholic teaching at its entirety is of utmost importance to Dr. Asetta. Give Dr. Asetta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Wow, welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. I was on the edge of my chair. We just asked the question about the problem of evil and how, if, if there's a good God, how could God allow all these horrible things? Like, for example, somebody just burned down, supposedly, a church in Florida. They tried to... They rammed it, and then they tried to set it on fire. And, you know, these things are horrible that are going, why does God allow that? So, Mary Danielle, why don't you share with us a little bit about the problem of evil and how we philosophically reconcile that we have a good God. It's that he gives us some free will. But let, give us your explanation that we chatted about uh, just yesterday about that. Well, when we, when we go back to the beginning, everything that God made was good. Yep. But God made man in his image and likeness. Yep. And who is God in and of himself? Now, as I said, that God exists is not an article of faith. Right. Who he is in and of himself, yes, he has to reveal that to us. We need faith. Mm-hmm. But he revealed it, and he revealed that he is love. God is love. He is a community of love and life. So when he made man, <laughs> he made man male and female. Right. The humankind is male and female. Why? so that they could form a family. And family would be a echo. It would be the the mirror image of God here on earth. It would be an image of how God exists in and of himself. Right. As a a community of love and life, God is not a solitude unto himself. He is a trinity of persons. So he made man free. Why? Why couldn't he just make a universe of automatons? Well, he could have, but you know, your robot can't love you. By the way, your dogs can't love you. Your animals can't love you. Your computer doesn't love you. You broke my heart. No, I'm joking. Keep going. I'm not. 
I know. So I should have. The dog. I should have prefaced that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Go ahead. Not not with love. Not with the kind of exactly. love that God loves exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah. You have to be free. Love, in order for it to be truly love, has to be free. This is why we don't try and control the people we love if we truly love them. Mm-hmm. So what happened was God gave Adam and Eve a commandment. You may eat of all the trees in the garden, except for the tree in the middle of the garden. You must never eat it or you will die. And so Adam and Eve were by the tree that God told them not to eat from. Oh, by the way, that's called, that's called um, entertaining the near occasion of sin. Right. They weren't supposed to be by that tree. They weren't supposed to eat from it. Right. They saw, and then, and then the serpent comes, who is the devil, actually, it's the devil, and he comes and he tempts them. And they let their trust in God die in their heart. And they, they looked at the tree and they said, see, if we eat this fruit, then we'll know what's good and evil. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to decide for ourselves what's good and evil. And God won't be able to dictate to us. Mm-hmm. Well, honey, you didn't make yourself. Is God just dictating to you? <laughs> or is he letting you know how you have to live in order to be truly happy? In order to be truly happy, you have to live in union with him. And he made that possible for Adam and Eve. He created them in the state of grace. They were free and they, they could speak to God. They could speak to God. And so they decided to choose. And this is the the crux of the problem of, of, you know, it's not granted. It's a hard thing to swallow, but the reality is without freedom, you cannot love. So we have this dangerous, dangerous freedom. We can either choose God humble ourselves, acknowledge that we're creatures and, and be humble like Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Or we can say, I will not serve like the devil did Free will, and be miserable for all eternity. But it's, and it's a dangerous choice because if we say, I will not serve, we will never love and we will never be free because we will always be slaves to sin and to, to, and we will always be separated from the good that we were made for. That's what evil is. Evil is rejecting God and his goodness. And if we weren't free, then, yeah, we could be automatons that all we could do is good, but then we could never love. We have to be free in order to love. And so the problem of evil is that I'm responsible for my own actions. That's right. I have the free choice and God gives me sufficient grace to choose the good in every single situation. So, Mary, when we say that, we quote Fulton Sheen when he says, the only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. And, and to me, that says it all when we talk about the problem of evil, because God allows us free will to choose to do the good or to the, do the evil, but we're accountable for our actions. And I think that when people say, well, how could there be a good God when all these horrible things have gone on in the world. The answer is God allows us freedom to choose. And a lot of us don't make good decisions. But you know what the good news is, Mary? That those individuals who make the bad choices still can get to heaven by repenting of what they did and asking for forgiveness. Absolutely. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He came to save us all. Once Adam and Eve had sinned, it became very easy for us to to reject God and to choose evil. But and this all plays into the parable, too, because in the parable that the apostles ask, you know, they, they say, well, what's the meaning of the parable? And why do you explain the parable to us and not to them? Mm-hmm. And Jesus tells them, he says, 
For to him, he says, and, and he answered, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to him who has, more will be given until he ha grows rich. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away from him. And what, what is Jesus getting at? This very reality of free will that Jesus is saying man is really responsible for what he does. That's right. And it's up to each individual human person to decide whether they're going to follow God or not. That's right. And it's our responsibility. The devil didn't make you do it if you sinned. <laughs> it was a choice you made. Yes. And, and sin is evil. So you chose to reject God if you sinned. But Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And so it's the hardness of our heart that makes things that causes evil because we reject goodness when our hearts get hard. When we get proud and we say, no, Lord, I want to decide for myself what is good and evil. I want to be the one who calls the shots. And that's not how it works. Nope. We're not God and we can't be God. I can't speak the word and have it happen. When I say, let there be light. But yeah, if I turn a light switch on, <laughs> ha, 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 you know? Yeah. And, and we have to understand that there's a supernatural economy involved here. Yeah. We can live as if the supernatural doesn't exist, but that's a denial of our ability to reason. That's we can know. We can know that there has to be, if there is a creation, there had to be a creator. If there is goodness, there has to be someone who is the origin of all goodness. If there is order and truth and beauty, there has to be someone who is order and truth and beauty itself. And this is just, this is just human logic. The pagans, Socrates knew this. He didn't have the gift of faith. But the question is, are we going to try and enter into the supernatural reality and ask God for his help. So the problem of evil <laughs> is that we sinned. Right. Sin is evil because sin is the rejection of goodness. And remember that. And as Patrick Madid did point out, you know, if you say evil, then you're implying already that there's some kind of objective morality. That's right. You know, because otherwise, how could it be evil? Right. So if you if you if it's evil, then you're there's some kind of objective morality. God is good. And he is all good and he can only do good mm -hmm. and no good, no true good can be done without God's help. But evil, we don't need anybody's help to do that because we've turned away from God and we're not oriented toward God. We're oriented toward sin. Now, Jesus Christ came to redeem us and to restore that. And that's the father's point in his sermon. So when you see the rocky soil or the footpath in your soul, or you see the, the thorns and the thistles. Right. Say, okay, Jesus, there's a lot of work to be done here. Can you get busy on my soul and, and help me to do what I need to do, to repent of my sins, to pray every day, to have a relationship with you so that I can fall more and more in love with you. Because the more we fall in love with God, the freer we will be. And then we will choose the good for easily. Mm -hmm. When we fall in love, when you love, everything is easy, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when we don't, everything is hard. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, and, Mary, and, you know, Mary, let me just jump in for a second, just because many of our listeners are married couples. And I just want to put a, a, a recommendation for a book called Three to Get Married. And that refers to you, your husband, and God. Because a marriage without God in it is going to be a marriage that's going to be very difficult. And so I just want to recommend that book. We do carry it on 
and MP3. If people do want that three to get married, you can call us at 877-526-215 and we'll, we'll shoot it to you in a download uh, so that you can just listen to that on rec- recordings because, unless you want to get the book. But the uh, reason I bring that up, Mary, is because we're talking a lot about uh, we're talking a lot about generosity. Well, it's hard to be generous if you're if you're not living a God-centered life. That's the bottom line. It is. It is because when we don't live a God-centered life, then who becomes the center of our universe? Me, myself, and I. Exactly, and that's that's an issue, isn't it? Yes. Me, myself, and I are very selfish, and not only are we very selfish, we are not. We are very insatiable in our selfishness. Mm. The more we get, the less satisfied we are. So the more we need to feel satisfied, but then we're not satisfied. So then we think we need more. Right. And it becomes, it becomes a spiral of just, you know, it's like it's right running on the treadmill and somebody else is turning up the speed. Yeah. So, and, and in three to get, we, the other thing about marriage and, and this also about our baptism, if we've been baptized, we should be renewing our baptismal vows every day. In other words, renew your commitment to Christ every day. Amen. And, and if you, you're married, renew your commitment to your spouse every day. Renew those vows. You know, you, you say the vows out loud. I, and you say your name, take you, and you say the name of your spouse, to be my spouse. Right. To have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, poorer, and sickness and health, till death do us part. And, and, and renew that commitment, call on the grace of the sacrament to help you live it fully. And this is, this is going to cultivate the good soil mm. in, in our soul so that we can be fruitful soil so that the word of God can grow in us. We have to pray every day. We need to study the scriptures. Mm. We need to be, you know, in union with God. And that means, by the way, you know, doing God's will. And how do we know what God's will is for our life? Well, God's will is manifest moment by moment in the duties of our state in life. Yeah. So be faithful to the duties of your state in life. And if you're a married couple, renew your vows every day and ask for the grace to remain faithful to the duties of your state in life. You know, for, for a husband and wife, the husband and wife are first and then they and then then the children and they serve the children. But sometimes as adults, we can put aside our wants and even our legitimate needs to serve the needs of someone who has a greater need, and that is the child. Amen. We'll hear the music. We're going to take a quick break. Don't forget, Tuesday night at 7 p.m., Mary Danielle holds her Bible study at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. Love to see you then. We'll be right back with more with the Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jesus said in Luke 17, When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have only done our duty. According to St. John of the Cross, God is pleased with the little deeds we do in secret. He takes more pleasure in these than in a multitude of grand works that we may do out of the desire to be seen by others. May God help us to do the things that please Him and not just to appear great in the eyes of others.
How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. It's the final segment. I want to remind you, though, Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. here at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina. You're welcome to come to the Bible study that Mary Danielle has been holding. And I can give you that address real quick. It's one. It's uh, 126 South 5th Street in Covina. But it, uh, that's our rectory. But the actual church address is what, Mary? 381. 381 West Center Street. West Center Street. That's right. It's at 7 p.m. every single Tuesday. And now it sounds like I can hear my... My grandson, Bo, and God bless him. Mary, you're amazing. Let's let's fit and you know, let's finish up on the last segment on that parable. And and I want to just mention also, I was doing a Thursday afternoon Bible study, but we're gonna take a recess from the Thursday afternoon Bible study yep. until um the fall. September. Yep, got it. Um but I'll continue the Tuesday night Bible study still for a little while. Great. And um I wanna thank all our listeners. I wanna thank all the people who ask questions on the app and, and I wanna thank the people who ask for prayer requests. We do see those. We Absolutely. do lift up your intentions in prayer. Um I am trying to get to answer all your questions. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> and, and we'll get to them. And so with this parable, we definitely know that um Jesus Christ came to save sinners and he came to sow the word of God in our heart. But we have to respond. God is not going to force us. And that's what free will is about. And that's it's something that makes some people uncomfortable. It's like, well, why did he give me free will? And again, he gave us free will so that um, we could choose, so that we could love. Without free will, we can't love. With free will, we can love. And that's why God gave us free will. So we need to not rebel against God. That's what Satan did. Remember, when Satan saw God's plan, he said, I will not serve. We want to do the opposite. We want to say, Lord, we will serve. And that's what this parable is about. Am I willing to serve or not? Am I willing to be soil that is able to grow a seed? Now, any of you have ever gardened, you know that if you want the soil to grow a seed, um, you might have to till it. You might have to soften it up. You might have to water it. You might have to add fertilizer. Um, You know, 
if you think of it as your your heart or your soul, and it's like, well, if you do all those things to my heart and soul, it's going to hurt. Yeah, to, to remove sin from our lives, to gain the discipline of living a um, virtuous life. We need to work at it and we need to cooperate with God's grace. God desires our salvation. He wills our salvation, but he won't save us without our cooperation. Jesus Christ won. He paid the price for everyone to be saved. If everyone would say yes to God, but we have to say the yes to God. So we want to be fertile soil. We want to ask the Lord every day to be fertile soil. And so we, we um, strive. We strive to be fertile soil and we ask the Lord. And again, remember, it's God's work. God is the one who is doing the work. Okay. We do need to give him permission, however. So we give the Lord permission to work in and through us to accomplish all that he desires to accomplish. And I want to mention, um, because Thursday, this Thursday, um, is the 16th of July, it is the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And of anyone who did God's will and kept his word and did his work and became soil that was fruitful 100%, the Blessed Virgin Mary was the one. And a lot of people think that Catholics worship Mary or worship statues. No, we don't. We don't worship statues any more than you worship pictures of your family members in your home. I hope you don't worship them. We worship God alone. And some Protestants will quote, well, in, in, you know, in the Old Testament, God said not to make graven images. And that, yes, he did. But he also told Moses to make the angels for the Ark of the Covenant. He also told Moses in the book of Numbers, when the people were bit by the seraph serpents, to make a seraph and mount it on a pole. And anyone who looked on it would be healed. Was that seraph serpent healing them? Was it idolatry? No. We have to read the scriptures, not as individual passages that aren't related to one another, but as a whole, as a unit. It all goes together. It's not... um, it's not just individual passages that aren't related to one another. They are related to one another and they go together as a unit. So God does not forbid the making of statues. He does forbid the making of um, worshiping idols or worshiping anyone that's not him, but we don't worship Mary. Jesus Christ was the second person of the Blessed Trinity who took to himself a human nature. And he really became man. And he really lived in his mother's womb for nine months and, and then was born in, and in a miraculous manner, but born of a woman. And Jesus kept the commandments. He honored his father in heaven by perfectly obeying his father. But he also kept the commandments that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the fourth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother. And Jesus honored his mother. And that word, Jewish word honor means to bestow glory upon, to bestow glory upon. So he bestowed glory upon his mother. So we're not letting the blessed mother take God's place. We're asking Mary to pray with us and to pray for us, just like we Christians ask each other to pray for us. 
you know, we don't have a problem with that. We ask people to pray for us and we ask her to intercede with her son. Just like at the wedding feast at Cana, when they ran out of wine, Mary just went and told Jesus, son, they have no more wine. And he said, woman, what to me is to thee? He wasn't denigrating her by calling her woman. As a matter of fact, that was a reference to Genesis 3.15 and the woman who would be at enmity with the serpent. Okay. And then what is what happens? What does Mary do? She says, do whatever he tells you. And Mary still says that to us. Do whatever he tells you. Catholics aren't worshiping Mary. Okay. And the rosary beads are not an, uh, 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 an object of worship. The rosary beads are prayer beads, which are very, prayer beads are um, a tradition in many religions, but they're a way of counting the prayers. And the prayers that we pray in the rosary are scriptural prayers. We're repeating scripture. And the whole point of the rosary is to meditate on the life of Christ, to look at Jesus Christ, to become more like him, you know? The more you associate with someone, the more you become like them. That's why you don't want to associate with criminals as friends. You want to associate with them to evangelize them. But if they won't listen, just like that, Jesus, he spoke to the crowds. But when he sent his apostles out, he said, if people won't listen to you, you need to shake the dust of their town from your feet. We, the gospel is preached. You have an opportunity. You have your freedom to say yes or no. But God isn't going to waste his graces, and he gives everyone sufficient grace to be saved. But the Blessed Mother is the example of the one who completely cooperated in God's plan. And the dogma of the Immaculate Conception is not making Mary a God. It's saying that just as God created Adam and Eve, the first Adam and the first Eve, in the state of grace, when the new Adam came, there was a new Eve. And the new Eve, and this is the father of the church said this, Mary is the new Eve. And so in view of the merits of her son, because God is outside of time, he's not bound by time and space. In view of the merits of her son, God created Mary without the stain of original sin because she would bear God in her womb. She would bear God in her own body for nine months. And because of that, there was... God made her sinless. He made her beautiful. He made her a worthy receptacle, a worthy place for her son to be. She was the first tabernacle, living tabernacle of God on earth. For nine months, she bore God in her womb. And so God made her in such a way that she would be prepared for the role that she was given. So I just want to remind people that um, I would just want to remind people that it's not it's not worship of Mary that we carry on in the Catholic Church. And the statues of Mary are not idols. God told Moses in the Old Testament to make statues, and he also told him to make the bronze serpent. God isn't he isn't commanding people to commit idolatry. It's just like having a picture of your family members. We're a forgetful people. We tend to forget. And the early Christians drew pictures. They drew pictures of Mary and Jesus. In the catacombs, there are pictures. And it was not, you know, it was accepted in Christianity 
up until the 1500, there was the iconoclast heresy, but it was de defined as a heresy that we need to destroy all images. No, Jesus Christ, the second person of the blessed Trinity really became man. He is God made man. So Jesus Christ was truly God, truly man. He really had a body. He really lived on this earth, really walked, really had human flesh. He ate, he drank, he slept, he was hungry, he was cold, he was tired, but he never sinned. He is God. He never sinned. And, and in his humanity, he never rebelled against God. And the Blessed Virgin Mary, by a singular grace of God, because God had chosen her. When God sent the angel to Mary, the angel says, hail, full of grace. Hail, you who have the fullness of grace, in whom grace has been brought to perfection. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Mary is the one that God chose and God prepared her with the graces that he gave her to be his mother. And our time today is running out together. So I want to thank you for listening. I want you to let everybody know that Bible with the Barbers has moved to Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And that I still have Bible study on Tuesday evenings. I want to thank all the people who support us with their financial support and also those who support us with their prayers and their sacrifices. We cannot do this work without your help. We cannot do this work without God's grace. This isn't about us. We want to build the kingdom of God here on earth. We want to fulfill our part in building the kingdom of God. We want to praise the glory of God that his kingdom would come and his will be done. So we strive every day to live in union with God. And when we fail, we tell God, I'm sorry. And we go to confession on a frequent and regular basis and renew our baptismal vows every day. For the married, renew your marriage vows every day. For the religious and the priests, renew your vows every day, your priestly vows and your religious vows. And even the baby says, yes, yes, do all this. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Because God is God and we are not, and he loves us. And he will always be with us. He will not abandon us. And he just wants us to give him permission that he can accomplish in our lives whatever it is that he needs to accomplish. So, Lord, we give you permission. Do in and through us and with us whatever it pleases you, Lord. Praise the glory of your name. That your kingdom will come. will be done. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests Oh, my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole church, grant it love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.